0: He's not the brightest guy in the room, but he is the cheapest. I love lamp. I love lamp. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show, where RMU football will cut into the end of the program. We're live until 6.45 today, which means these segments have to be quicker. I got to be out by like 11. After the hour here, Tom, do not let me go over. No matter what happens, I could be in the middle of a sentence, in the middle of a thought. Cut me off, because I'm, gonna gonna, I'm just going to go. I'm just talking sixteen minutes a segment, okay? Just set me straight. Shirtless Tom behind the glass. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Check them out on Twitter, at FBomber73, at ButtonPusher970, the other way around. Check me out on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Tell your kids. Tell your wife. We got radio up in here. Ben didn't practice again. Oh, my God. What's going to happen? He might not play. If he doesn't play, the Steelers aren't going to win, in my opinion. Josh Dobbs will be starting his first ever game in the NFL, and he will need to put up a bunch of points because I think Kansas City's that good on offense. And yes, the Steelers have had their way with Kansas City of late. I think it all changes with Alex Smith. I think it all changes with Pat Mahomes coming in here, slanging that rock around, stretching the field, utilizing Tyree Kill's skill set. They move him around. They use him like one of those chess pieces. He comes in the backfield. They'll run options with him. They'll run read options. They'll pitch the ball. They've also got Kareem Hunt. That makes things difficult. It's tough to stop the run. Then you have to account for where Tyree Kill is. Then you got to deal with the tight end, Travis Kelsey. They're tough to prepare for, and now with a better quarterback, well, maybe not better, but now with a quarterback who can stretch the field, I worry about them putting points up. And if they do, Josh Dobbs will have to keep pace as opposed to just manage the game. I worry about that. We'll find out tomorrow if Ben Roethlisberger practices, if he does not not feel good. Randy Featner, the Steelers' new offensive coordinator, spoke to the media earlier today. He said that as a young OC, young quotes obviously he should have given more running backs a chance to run the ball down the stretch I've been screaming about that since the Steelers lost the game I don't want to blame James Conner for the fumble it was him yes but I think that it's the Steelers coaching staff responsibility to rotate guys in there guys who have played before in those moments and the one that they have is Steven Ridley Allow Ridley to touch the football. James Conner hasn't been a bell cow since in college. Last year, he got hurt. In training camp, he tweaked a hamstring. Even in college, he got hurt. I think you want to minimize the wear and tear on his body, and you want him to be able to be productive when he's in the game. I think he fumbled because of mental and physical fatigue. And it sounds to me like Randy Feetner agreed with me. God, I'm good at this. Bill Cowher was among the nominees for the 2019 Pro Football Hall of Fame. He should not get in. You lose a bunch of playoff games at home, including multiple AFC Championship games at home. You win one Super Bowl when you probably should have won maybe a couple more, or at least been to a couple of more, and, well, to me, you're not Hall of Fame worthy. Is Brian Billick Hall of Fame worthy? No. No. Is John Gruden Hall of Fame worthy? No, not from a coaching standpoint. Bill Cowher's got better numbers, but Bill Cowher to me, good coach, not great coach. You need to be great or better than great to be in the Hall of Fame. Your thoughts, four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. 922 2874 Jason Mackey's going to be joining us in 15 minutes here on the Crowley Show. Penguins camp starts tomorrow. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, all hungry to win a championship. After the Washington Capitals took what was rightfully theirs. Penguins back-to-back cup winners. The Capitals win it. Matt Murray sounds like he's got a lot to prove. We'll talk to him about all those things. But first, Antonio Brown doesn't want to be scrutinized. So he shouldn't give us fodder to scrutinize. What do I mean when I say he doesn't want to be scrutinized? Here's Antonio Brown on June 12th from this year. You guys write the stories. You know,
1: I gotta wake up to the Google Alerts. You guys... You know, constantly under the pressure. I can't go nowhere and work out by myself. Fans come meet me at the field. You know, I can't do nothing normal. You know, you guys write about me every day. My mom, my kids see it. So we have to deal with these type of things, you know. Uh, and I start to think to myself, am I really free? You know, I can't really express myself in this game. I can't really tell you guys how I feel. If you guys make the pressure to put pressure on me all the time. Am I really free? You know, and i go to ask myself that. In regards to taking away time from my kids and everything that's going on. So... Had to get away to you know free my mind.
0: What did you learn from that process? I started to think to myself, "Am I really free? How's that looking, AB? What does freedom mean?" There's got to be a reasonable expectation that when you're a public figure, you're going to be scrutinized. There needs to be more of an understanding that when you pop off in the public eye, that you're going to get ripped for it. AB says he's not free. Then he calls Ed Bouchette a racist. He tells an ESPN reporter he's going to punch him in the jaw. That's troubling. If you want to be free, if you want to be able to fly under the radar, at some point you're going to have to say things and do things that are boring. You're going to have to say things and do things that aren't controversy-filled. Now, all athletes who are superstars are going to get discussed ad nauseum by the media. A lot of these athletes, A.B. included, try to portray themselves in a good light when using their own social media. They try to write their own story before the media can write the story. A.B. wants to show fans the real him, right? Juju Smith-Schuster tries to do the same thing, show them the real him. He stopped talking to the media. He wants to speak to the fans on his own time and on his own terms. I get what he's trying to do. Le'Veon Bell, who's been cast as public enemy number one by the traditional sports media, is trying to push his way through that and is playing the victim on social media. He's trying to tell his side and create his own narrative. It's a flawed philosophy, though, because national and even local media alike sometimes lack nuance, shocker, shocker. They lack the ability to change their minds when they see a B tweet or juju tweet they're just looking for confirmation bias. If Madden looks at Juju as a knucklehead, then him tweeting out a picture saying, I'm so lit, isn't going to make Mark think he's cool. He's going to think he's a knucklehead even more. Le'Veon's own social media presence has been used against him. A-B's too. Both of them think that they help themselves, but they don't. Their tweets, their Instagram posts, their Snapchats, they just become an extra data point for the media members to rip them apart. Eventually, then, the athletes get fed up with that. Then they pop off the way the Brown did. It's a vicious cycle. Athletes want the pub. Athletes want to be recognized. Athletes want to make their way in the world without the help of the media. So they use social media trying to start their own narrative, create their own story. And then media members, with their own confirmation bias, say, Ah, you know what? That doesn't look good. That doesn't jive with my belief system. And they rip them for that at which point then the athlete flips out on the media member and then says, I don't need you, and then uh, around and around we go. I think it's naive for players to think that they can control their own image through social media. That's sad to an extent that they'll be lumped in with that confirmation bias, but it's something they need to learn. I think A.B. should take a social media break. I think Juju should take a social media break. They think it helps them, but it does not two eight seven four. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Jason Mack is going to be joining us in about seven minutes here on the Crowley show to talk about the opening of Penguins camp tomorrow and some of the concerns that the former world champs <laughs> We'll be discussing the Browns game, week one, the tie. That's, I think, going to be as damaging as the Bears' loss was last year. Steelers fans think that losing to the Patriots in the waning seconds kept them from having home field advantage last year. It didn't help. Uh, Had they won, they would have had the number one seed, but had they beaten Chicago, it wouldn't have mattered. The Steelers would have gone 14-2 and and likely would have played the Patriots at home in the AFC Championship game. To those who tell me the Steelers will be fine and there's no reason to overreact due to a tie with the Browns, eh, eat me. We all had the Steelers down to go 2-0 and this year against the Browns. It matters. Imagine if they go 12-3-1 and the Patriots go 13-3. and With a win over the Steelers. This is the Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Hockey is back tomorrow. Is hockey ever not back for Jason Mackey, our friend from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette? Mackey, man, it's good to have you back, dude. It's time. Oh, it's
1: good to hear from you, my friend. I'm happy to talk some hockey.
0: What's going on? Everything oh, good?
1: Everything's good, man. Guys are skating informally. Tomorrow it'll be skating formally. We're, we're back at it. Uh, it's nice to see hockey getting some play nowadays, sneaking in there between Steelers talk.
0: Your Twitter account broke some news. I think that you confirmed that Sidney Crosby would in fact be invited to camp this year, so that's huge.
1: You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, you all are welcome for that huge bit of news and you know what do you need beat reporters for to find out whether they invite Sidney Crosby to camp. Smart move again, like I tweeted.
0: Jason, do you think this long off season will impact the team as positively as maybe the perception is?
1: Yeah, I think that's real, Adam. I really do. And we've been talking to these guys for a couple weeks now, um, you know, Wednesdays and where the informal skate media availability days this week, it was Tuesday. But anyway, at every single one of them, these guys are talking about, you know, how the extra summer helped them heal, helped them train differently. And then I think there's also the tangible thing of just, you know, being a little bit hacked off that your summer ended early and you feel like you have something to prove. And so I think the Penguins are kind of hacked off. They they feel like they're better than they showed last season. I mean, obviously the Capitals were the better team, and you tip your caps tip your cap to them. But um, I do think that having this short summer and a lot of time to rest and think about it, I do think it's going to have an impact on this upcoming season.
0: Do you think if another team won the Stanley Cup and it wasn't the Capitals, it would feel the same? No, it's that's a good point that you bring up.
1: Um and I know you guys do a drinking game when I credit you or whatever, so I should watch that. But um
0: <laughs> no, I I, I always it's... pump my fist and then uh actually a couple weeks ago someone said something Along the lines of great point, Crowley and I skinned my finger by punching the microphone by accident. So yeah,
1: didn't you? You like needed a band aid or something? And I you did. Actually hurt yourself? Yeah,
0: That's a problem. It
1: just proves how soft you
0: are if you get injured by a microphone. <laughs> I, I remember listening
1: to that and just sort of shaking my head like I do oftentimes with you. But uh, no, I do think it's a lot different with the Capitals. You know, if it was Vegas, you know, take the easy way out. I, I don't think it would have hurt as much, and I think. They look at their rival team, and, and not only that, the team that knocked them out and was clearly better than them, and that stinks. I, I think Sidney Crosby talked about, this was last week, not watching the Stanley Cup final. I mean, part of it, he was on vacation in Europe, but that's the first I've ever heard about Crosby not watching hockey. The dude loves it and eats, sleeps, and breathes it. And, you know, it just it hurt for a lot of those guys to see the Capitals win it.
0: Chris Letang says he's a million times better than last season at this time. Does he look it, and does it even matter as long as he feels that way? I mean, hell, uh, that's going to help mentally, I I think, if not for anything else.
1: Yeah, it's tough to tell right now. I mean, they're they're doing these scrimmages, and it's tough to discern much. Um, But I do think it matters. I think it matters a lot. Um, I think it matters in Letang's own head how he feels. I think him, more than most players, can get – you know, sort of wrapped around the axle mentally and, and one mistake compounds itself into six and whatever. And I think, you know, Latang wasn't good last season, but I think part of it was not only the lack of training last summer, but also just being a mental train wreck. And I think that's different. I think a lot of stuff was able to clear in his mind. Obviously they had a second child, much was made about that. Um, and I just think all of that that break is good for him. He seems like a different person now. Um, a little bit more chilled out. And I think when Latang's doing that, when he's playing on his instincts, not thinking about too much stuff, I think that's the best version of Chris Latang, And I think we're close to seeing that.
0: I think that's no doubt huge for the Penguins in 2018. Uh, Jack Johnson is the addition to the Penguins' defense core. Is it going to be Schultz and Johnson that get the first try together?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, they're going to try some stuff. I know when they got Johnson, they wanted to see him Play in their top four, or see if he could fit in their top four. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. And to do that, I think the best way you do it is try him with Justin Schultz, and then you got Johnson on his natural side. You have Justin Schultz on his natural side, and you know they're very happy with Jamie Alexiak on his right side, which is obviously the off side. But you put him on a third pair of Golimata that's better than most third pairs that are going to be out there. So I think that's probably the way they would like to go. Um, but, and, you know, to answer your question, Adam, that's probably the way they'll start. But again, I, I do think Mike Sullivan will tinker with a lot of stuff. Um, even at the, the last informal skate, I was at, they had Johnson trying the right side a little bit with Ole. um, I would not get too wrapped up in any pairing. You know, if we see some stuff against Columbus at Buffalo or whatever in the preseason, that certainly does not mean it's going to stick in the regular season. Sullivan's going to tinker. Uh, but how this team is best constructed, how their defense is best constructed, yeah, I see Jack Johnson playing uh, second-pairing minutes with Justin Schultz. I think it'll be very good for them.
0: Jason Mackey back at it with us here on the Crowley Show. He, of course, from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, Daniel Sprong's going to be part of this team. Uh, Jim Rutherford wants him to be part of this team. How does Mike Sullivan feel about that, and where does Mike Sullivan start with Daniel Sprung?
1: Yeah, it's it's a funny dynamic with old Spronger and Rutherford and Sullivan. And, you know, Rutherford likes this kid a lot. He wants him in the lineup, wants him to score. And I think Sullivan likes him, too. It's just Sullivan is a little bit more uneasy with Sprong's style, you know, how he approaches the game defensively. They've been trying to get him to work on some stuff. I talked to Mike in Buffalo last weekend about, um, you know, even playing – And supporting the puck, how he plays with Sid, you know, making himself available for passes anyway. uh, I mean, that's one option they're entertaining to play him with Sid. I think probably a a more likely option is Derek Broussard, Adam. And I I think that for a couple reasons. And one of them is that I just don't think it would work with Evgeny Malkin. There's just not enough shot attempts to go around. Sullivan wants Malkin to shoot more. Sprong is going to shoot more, not the two best people you can put together. Uh, I think Daniel Sprong would really benefit by playing with Derek Broussard and Broussard's two-way play. Uh, Broussard's a really good passer, really good vision, can get him the puck in the correct spots. And he's just kind of an easygoing guy to play with. You know, nothing against Sidney Crosby, but he can be a little bit demanding as a line mate. So, uh, you know, Broussard's just a little bit more chill. I'm I'm curious to see whether that pairing clicks come training camp
0: tomorrow. So if it's Broussard with Sprong, I guess that means it's Malkin and Kessel then, huh?
1: Yeah, that's that's what it's looking like. You know, I, I think there's the possibility that, uh, let's say, they wanted to try um, Fassard and Phil, which I think is a reasonable move. You know, those two might spend a lot of time together. If you want to go that route, and then you can go Malkin and the two Swedes, um, Hagelin and Hornquist, Malkin was very good with them. The only problem with that construction, I like the second and third lines, are you comfortable with Daniel Sprong on your top line with Sidney Crosby? And I don't know. Some people might be. You might be okay with that. I, I worry a little bit about just the amount of defense and sort of like workman-like stuff Sidney Crosby would be doing um, on that line. And is that line going to end up getting scored on all the time? So, again, with, with a lot of this stuff, with, with food and Jack Johnson and Daniel Sprong and all this, it's all going to shake out through camp. And Solomon's going to try a lot of stuff. It'll be really fascinating to see, though.
0: One of the things I'm most fascinated about seeing Jason is Broussard at third-line center. I'm a big believer in the injury being the biggest problem with him last year, not chemistry. I've just seen him play good hockey far too much to think that the that that's all he really had to offer with, those, with his linemates, although there was a revolving cast. Do you think that it was mostly the injury that hampered him?
1: Yeah, I think that was a big thing. And uh, to be honest, I don't know why the Penguins – nor Broussard will say what it was unless it was something like really nasty and awkward with his groin and they just don't want to get into it. I mean, that's the part of the body that I understand it was. Uh, But again, it's just like so weird that Broussard won't talk about it. And he's been asked questions about it. And it's just, you know, I don't want to get into it. I won't say it was an undisclosed injury. You know, it all results in the same thing. And uh, he was starting to find some traction and, so I, I think the injury was a big part of it. I know the injury was a big part of it, but um, sort of going back to something you said, it's something that I know and I've seen and all that stuff, that the revolving door of linemates is real. You know, they got to get this guy some continuity. They have to find two guys to play with him regularly, and even if it doesn't work out right away. Just let him develop some chemistry with these guys, and that was something that because of the injury, because of just the way the Penguins were going and trying to get bottom six scoring, Broussard never really got the luxury to do. So it's not so much being in a third-line role, it's being in a third-line role with the revolving door of linemates that I think they need to change.
0: Jason, your piece on Matt Murray from a couple days ago was outstanding. It sounds like he's after a very tough year, obviously, last year, uh, both professionally and personally, that man, it, it's kind of forced him maybe to grow up. Not to say he was immature or anything like that, but uh, it sounds like it, it's changed him in some ways.
1: I think it's changed him in a big way, Adam. Um, and, and thank you for the kind words for that. I love talking to Murray. I didn't really do anything for that thing. It's all him, and he should get all the credit. But um, he has grown up quite a bit, and I even said that to him. We went to lunch last Sunday during the Steelers-Browns game. I said, Man, you, just like, you, you look different, and he does, you know, carrying himself differently. And that fed into one of the answers about his dad saying, like, you know, I I feel like you kind of have to be a different person when uh, you lose your dad, and I can tell you from firsthand experience, you know that that's absolutely the case. And I think Matt and I we talked a lot about losing our fathers. A lot of it was off the record, but um, I think he is in a really interesting spot in his career, um, and he's perfectly aware of how much this town loved Mark Andre Fleury, and he's perfectly aware of how disingenuous he would come off as if he was anything but himself. And I think the more this city sees Matt Murray for who he is, which is just a really really, really good human being the more they're going to like him. Now he needs to play better than he did last year and he needs to stay healthy. But I, I don't have very many concerns about all that. And once it does come together I think this city will really take even more of a liking to this kid. He puts a lot into it. He's a good player and he's one of the best people I've ever come across in this profession.
0: Jason, we've got a short clock this hour, so I got to let you go, man. I uh, wish we had a lot more time, uh, but we'll be catching up throughout the Penguin season. Uh, have fun at practice, numero uno tomorrow, and really appreciate you taking the time, buddy.
1: My man, anytime. Happy it's back. Good to talk to you.
0: Me too, man. There he goes. That's Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Good dude. Great story on Matt Murray. I know he doesn't want to take the credit, but it was fabulous. Uh, Matt's got a couple new tattoos. He got his hair cut a little bit short. He's put seven, eight pounds of muscle on, and he just feels different. He's trying to make sure he doesn't get hurt this year. That's really good stuff. Uh, what, you had some that? Outstanding mad. stuff. Outstanding. Coming up next, hottest take of the day, three stars of the show, and other crap, followed by Robert Morris football. It's a crowd show. He
2: came here to do three things. Drink beer, talk sports, and drink some more beer. That's what I do.
0: I drink And I know things. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Everybody was calm. I went out with a friend last night To have some beers Because I was invited to Brian's place And he asked At 6.40 every day Why do you play that terrible song?
2: <laughs> terrible
0: You know what? It pushed me over to your side It's not a terrible song I'm just tired of it But I want to I do things that bother people And I think that that bothers people What do you think Tom? No, I think people love it because it's a great song. I hate. They actually, it. start doing karate to themselves in the car mm-hmm. whenever it comes on. They're like, "Yeah, kung fu fighting!" Ha <laughs> <laughs> Man, I saw some moving nipples there, Tom. With the they, chops were fast left as, and right. they
2: were fast as lightning. It's well done, Tom. I think you need better friends. I mean, that guy doesn't like kung fu fighting. He's old. I mean, everybody loves kung fu fighting. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? Turn it up, Tom.
1: Here comes the big boss. Let's get it on. and made stand. Started with
0: the hand. Ben Roethlisberger might not play on Sunday. Uh, he has to practice tomorrow, I think, in order to play Sunday. I thought he'd be back today. He made it clear on Tuesday he wouldn't be practicing on Wednesday, and we all just assumed everything's okay, but he gets MRI'd. Just a little bit. Kansas City, one o'clock, Sunday, Heinz Field. If Ben Roethlisberger doesn't play, the Chiefs are winning. I'm telling you that right now. And if not, it means Josh Dobbs has done enough to prove me he can be the guy. But I'm not completely convinced that'll happen. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. <laughs> day. day, day. <laughs> I used to say that I hate Thursday night football because the quality of play is awful and players' brains are getting bashed in only a couple of days after their brains were bashed in on Sunday. But as long as they're going to play these games, I'm going to enjoy them. I'm looking forward to tonight. I really am. Boston College and Wake Forest are playing right now. There's college ball on my TV. And when it wraps up, there'll be Bengals and Ravens, and it means something because they're in the Steelers division. Are either of those teams true contenders in the AFC North? I don't know, but I think I'll have a better idea after tonight. It's football on a Thursday. It breaks up the week. Maybe I'll have a couple of beers, maybe some chips. I can dig it. If their brains are getting mashed in and there's nothing they can do about it, I guess I'll just have to accept it and like it. And I have. So how does take the day? Woo! Other crap. A bunch of college games were canceled this weekend due to the hurricane. Man, Florence is a machine. Woo!
2: Other crap. I can't remember the last time I saw that many blowouts. Woo! Other crap.
0: It's been 628 days since the Browns won a game. Woo! other crap. It's been 573 days since Pitt Basketball won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes will take what he wants. There's a difference there. Alex May says, oh, you let me complete this five yard pass? Okay, thank you very much. Pat Mahomes says, I'm going to throw it 70 yards over everyone's flipping heads. And Tyree Kill cannot be overthrown. I will throw it. It will exit the orbit of the Earth, come back down in the end zone, and Tyree Kill will be under it, and he'll catch it for a touchdown. Is that really what I sound like? Yes. That is real whiny. Spot on. Jesus. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Afternoon Football. We've got football on the TV right now. Woo! Boston College, Wake Forest, baby! <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why isn't that the first? I can't get first star out after that. I don't know what could be better. And...
0: Tonight's first story of the show, Pirates Baseball Talk. Tom, you don't have any thoughts? He's yawning back there. This is why you're not coming to our <laughs> uh, Nacho that cheese That was a
2: bad look. That huh? was really bad. You're like right guys. in the middle of your topic and yeah. producer's yawning. In, in his defense. <laughs> now you're eating. Now I'm <laughs> eating. And
0: maybe it wasn't all that good of a topic to begin with. I could say that. I'm a man.
2: What I'm were we so talking bad. about, Tom, huh? We were out late last just night hanging out. Hey! It was the Pirates, you know. I heard Pirates, and I kind of just checked out, honestly. Uh, but Crowley was uh, wondering that if athletes uh, think about pulling up in a season that's lost, that was the topic that was on your show sheet. Oh, yeah, in the show sheet that we filled out today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, they don't. You can't turn it off, right? <laughs> if you're a real
0: athlete, I mean. That's what I was saying. Tom, nope. you, just, you literally just turned it off. <laughs> Yeah. You literally did what Gregory Polanco should have done in this in this segment. You stopped listening. You stopped performing. You literally did what we're discussing. You literally became the guy who says, "Ah, I don't need to do this. They don't need my effort here. I'll save myself for later in the show."
2: Do we have to talk pirates anymore? No. Who let the dogs out? Hunger,
0: hunger, hunger, hunger. With the number of times during the stars that I. Wine, or said literally (laughs) i am a white girl
2: you are i mean i
0: am a basic bleep you need a big pair of uggs now literally (laughs) was used correctly during that conversation but literally i used literally
2: way too much literally
0: you really you really don't want to be my friend though guys
2: no, I want to hang out. Yeah. Oh, you do? Open right. invite, bro. Every time. Anytime you want to come over to my house you can. Not like it's a great place to hang out, but you're welcome. See you there in five. All right.